Well, good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, depending on where you are in the world and what time it is when you're tuning in. This is Perrin Desports, and I'm your host for the Group Practice Accelerator podcast from Polaris Healthcare Partners. If you're an uh, entrepreneurial dentist or other physician, and you're interested in building an enterprise, what? Yeah, you know what we're talking about here. This is Built for Scale, my friends. May 10th through 12th in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. It's gonna be a two-day event filled with a lot of tactical knowledge to take your business to the next level. Our Building Your Enterprise platform event is aimed at those really wanting to grow from roughly five locations to 15, 20, 30 or more. And there's never been a conference like this one to teach you how to do just that. Over two days in Florida, we're going to cover topics like building a call center, recruiting and onboarding a C-suite leadership team, scaling culture, building a more valuable business by creating equity on balance sheet, and a whole lot of other important subject matter like financial reporting and cost allocations. Joining me on the podcast today is founding member and partner at Dorfman, Mizrak, and Thaler, a good friend of ours here at Polaris and has been a number of years, Steve Mizrak. Steve, thanks so much for a couple of minutes. Welcome back to the show, my friend. Oh, thank you, Perrin. I'm really looking forward to coming to the conference and speaking, you know, in, in May in Fort Lauderdale. It'll be awesome. I'm really, I think I'm really excited. Well, we're we're thrilled to have you. And when we started scoping out this conference and, and started picking, you know, the subject matter, um, Financial reporting was mission critical. And maybe let me set the context for those in the audience on on what we're talking about and and more importantly, what we're not talking about. I think everybody who listens to this podcast has attended at least one DSO conference where they had uh, somebody from an accounting firm talk about accounting basis, uh, basics like cash to accrual and EBITDA and a lot of this other stuff. Basically, we've all seen the same accounting presentation delivered by a different person in a different conference in a different city. And this is not going to be any of that. Okay. For those who are listening in the audience and are considering joining us in Florida, there is a pivot point that you go through if you are if you're somewhere around five locations. I just use that as a sort of a random number, but the idea is that you're at four or five or six locations and you don't want to stop growth. You don't want to build just a lifestyle business for cash flow, but you're also not ready to sell the business yet. The thought process is you probably want to take it from five to 10 locations. And you know that if you do that, you're probably going to stare down the necessity to centralize administrative services, to build a platform, to invest in a call center, to bring on a C-suite leadership team. And you and I both know that if somebody does that, they need to allow ample time for that investment, the hassle, the time, the dollars to really pay off and be ROI positive. And to do that, you're probably not going to stop at 10 locations. You're probably going to go to 15 to 20 or more, however big you want to build a business. And a key component to all of this is financial reporting. How do you manage and lead the business? And how do you rely on your financial reporting from a predictive standpoint, not necessarily only a historical standpoint. And that is the key 
from a, a high level that we want to get across in this presentation for those that want to join us in Florida. It will be a substantially different type of an accounting-based presentation than probably anything you've seen before. So, Steve, let me shut up for a second, give you back the microphone here, and let's talk about some of the, some of the things that you see that are lacking in groups as it relates to financial reporting in general. You want to take it from the top for me? Yeah, sure. So, by the way, one of the things that um, I, you know, I would envision at the conference in Florida is I want it to be as interactive as possible. Um, so, yeah, we'll have a, you know, we'll have a set uh, PowerPoint that we'll share with everybody. But, you know, we want to kind of make it a dynamic experience for everybody so that we can all learn from one another and really kind of, you know, and then really take it to the next level and really ratchet things up. So, you know, one of the things that we talk about is in terms of establishing predictable performance and understanding how, uh, you know, an office should run and, you know, general generating the financial metrics. So the first thing that I find many times in the clients that we end up, uh, you know, picking up, you know, during a transition from one firm to us is that they don't have, you know, in, you know office reporting by location um, with all the, the costs being allocated correctly. Um, from administrative payroll to assistance to dentist, you know, right down the line. You know, one of the things that you uh, you want to do as a, a CEO or as a director of your of your group is you want to set the vision, right? Well, I mean, if you were going to go on vacation, you wouldn't one day say, "Hey, you know, you wake up one morning, we're going to go to Hawaii, and then just get on a plane." I mean, you would you would set the you would set your trip. You would decide what cities you're going to go to, what hotels you're going to stay at, and kind of establish the vision of where you're going to go, how many days are you going to spend there. And so part of the process in establishing you know, a business forecast or a pro forma, first you have to set the foundational knowledge. Okay. And in order to do that is, okay, let me get my, you know, let me get my numbers, you know, nailed down by location. Um, and then also setting that to what the industry standard is. So you know where you're performing better or worse, um, and then kind of establishing the actionable items that you can do in terms of improving performance. You know, one of the things that um, I think is kind of a point of differentiation with us is when you, you know, a lot of a lot of firms, you know, will basically say, okay, gee, your revenues were this, your expenses were that, your profit is that. Okay, that's nice. You know, thanks for the scorecard. But now where do we go from here? And so I think part of the goal is to say, first establish that and then try to set up a, you know, a list of actionable items that will enable you to kind of, you know, affect change. So when you're starting to build your model, your first, you know, as I just kind of went on and on about was establishing, uh, you know, your foundational information. And then it's having an open dialogue. Okay, so what is it that we expect to happen this year? You know, where are we underperforming or overperforming the market in terms of our targets, in terms of the KPIs and the differentiation? And then let's talk about what we're going to be doing this year. Are we going to be adding an office? Um, are we looking to build, you know, as, as Perrin alluded to, are we going to be building a C-suite? Are we going to be making some capital improvements, um, a call center? And and how will that impact the, you know, how will that impact the group? Let's get that, you know, embedded into our pro forma in terms of what we expect to happen. And then how will that impact, you know, ROI, return on investment and our profitability? Um, you know, and then by kind of listing your budget, in terms of what the, what items you're looking to incorporate within the course of the year, you can decide, hey, do I need to increase my financing? Do I have enough cash flow in order to support this? Does it make sense? Do I maybe have to wait till 
uh, you know, a year down the line because I can't do it all in one, you know, in all, all one fell swoop because it'll be just overwhelming. Um, one of the things that, you know, comes to mind that um, we experienced and it was a learning opportunity for us, uh, you know, we learn a lot from our experiences with our clients. We have many experiences to draw upon, but one of them was that uh, one of our clients uh, left a large group, you know, you know, somebody that you would all recognize in terms of the group, uh, had a buyout. He ended up uh, wanting to go out and buy 25 practices. Well, guess what? He didn't He didn't have the uh, the bench strength in order to manage that. And so that was a lesson for me that if you have an expansion um, plan in mind and you have a certain vision of what you want to achieve, let's make sure that we have the support system in order to actively and effectively manage that. So these are, you know, the number of things that, you know, you know, we think about in terms of speaking to our clients and trying to plan things out. And, you know, as we, you know, just in the basic pro forma or projection for the year, we say, okay, you know, each office will just make it, you know, real simple where we have five offices, we're doing a million dollars in each office. We got our, our our financials nailed down by location. We know what we're going to expect, right? And now we start to look at, we've established our expectation. And now we start to look at, you know, as the year goes on, we say, okay, well, gee, how are we doing relative to our expectation? Are we meeting our goals? Are we falling short of them? And then how does that impact the rest of the year or the next 12 months? So it's not like you just set up, a, you know, you write a budget, you set, you establish a pro forma, what you're looking to accomplish for the year, and then it becomes a static document. You know, from my perspective, I think this is a working document that you continue to look at and then compare it to where you are and then kind of constantly update things. I, very well said. I, I, I think this is a significant mindset shift for many of the people um, in the audience of this podcast, at least, in terms of the way they work with their accountant or their accounting firm. Uh, and, and when you're in the early stages of either building a successful practice or a small group, you know, the, the accounting firm does a couple of things. I mean, you, you, the business owner says, hey, how did I do compared to last year? Did I do better than I did last year? Um, and does it say that on paper? The second thing is, keep me out of the crosshairs of the IRS, you know? And then the third thing is they probably are talking about uh, acquiring another practice or bringing on another um, uh, person in a leadership role by gut feel. Gut feel is fine to some respect, but you can't build a 20 location group practice on gut feel alone. There's got to be some level of confidence in the reporting structures that tell the leader of the business or the primary owner of the business, this is the right thing to do at the right time. And we're forecasting that ahead of time. We're, we're comfortable with our decision before we've pulled the trigger to make the decision on something. And that is a significant mindset shift, not only in terms of business owner, but certainly as the way they evaluate their relationship with a key advisor like an accounting firm. It's a, it's a completely different context. So let's talk a little bit about um, some of that reporting structure and, and something I like to call variance and comparable. Um, and if I can take just a quick second, Steve, um, I relate this back to my years running different businesses for Patterson Dental Supply. Um, Patterson, the corporate office, is like the DSO. It was all the legal and, and marketing functions and distribution and leadership and all that other kind of stuff that, that functioned out of the corporate office as the equivalent of a DSO. 
I ran three different branches for them that are akin to uh, three of the practices that would roll up under that DSO. And we went through a budget cycle, a planning uh, cycle every year where we knew where the, the business had finished up and we knew what we were responsible for delivering. We had a budget. If we were going to add a service technician or a sales rep or any headcount, we planned for that. So we had to know whether it was going to be uh, ROI positive based on the revenue growth. But then they drilled into us that you have a, a standard that you're held against. And for Patterson, that's a budget. The standard for your clients and a lot of our clients are the benchmarks for the industry. And then the comparable was, how did you do against last year's performance? So are you trending in the right way? Knowing how to read a financial statement, we got our operating statements every month from the corporate office to show our performance. And just like many of the business owners in this audience, I was responsible for top line performance. I was responsible for bottom line operating income and return on networking assets and everything in between. And the people in this audience are responsible for the same. But I had to be able to forecast accurately where my branch or my business was going to end up. And if I wasn't going to end up there, why? And if I was ahead of budget or ahead of forecast, then all the better. I probably got a good review and a nice bonus that year. So this is a different way of really building and leading a business that is not first nature to the people that start out building an emerging group of one or two or three locations. So do you want to, to, to take just a little bit about the structural integrity around things like variance and comparable, the way you work with clients and what you're going to share with people in Florida in May? Sure. Yeah. So, I mean, look, we're going to, you know, the idea is to look at how the practice or the locations are performing. And then how does that compare to the industry standard? And then, you know, again, there are sometimes there are certain uh, elements within a practice that, you know, allows them to perform better or worse. But, you know, here, a case in point, uh, in a situation where uh, you have a a, an owner of a practice that is, uh, you know, not working in the location or is working in the location and they're getting compensation, you know, to how to kind of, uh, you know, allocate their costs as a CEO as, a, as opposed to the dentist or where they're, you know, under being underpaid, factoring in reasonable comp because they're seeing patients, but they're trying to take the money out virtually, you know, in different ways via rent or expenses or things like that. So part of the goal is to, A, have have the practices costs you know nailed down you know where they're accurately portraying what's going on and then and then, as well as the revenue of course uh, and then looking at those uh, key performance indicators and the other thing that I find um, that uh, we find ends up burning a lot of time uh, in terms of meeting time and attention time you know, from the CEO or the owner of the practice is, you know, really breaking down the financial and ratios into discernible bites of information so that, you know, they uh, like a, a dashboard, you've heard the term dashboard, uh, establishing a dashboard. So tell me what my revenue is. Tell me where I was relative to uh, my goal. Why did I exceed or, you know, or uh, fall below my expectations? You know, how is my payroll as a relationship, my dental supplies and lab fees, um, maybe marketing, and then kind of evaluate um, any kind of other outliers, but really get to the crux of where are we, how did we do, and how the hell do we make things better um, and and try to really impact change. 
Um, and then understanding, you know, what the environment is, right? Like, so one of the things that we look at, you know, especially if someone's looking to expand their offices and uh, let's say it's a de novo kind of practice where they're looking to grow by virtue of if we if we will build it, they will come. Understand what that really takes in terms of building an office, how long it takes for the practice to pay for itself. How will that impact the cash flow of the other practices? You know, what about the distraction factor? Usually the new kid on the block gets all the love while the, you know, the really profitable practice and they need and they need the love. Right. That's the problem, child, sometimes or, you know, where you're looking at, you know, we need to give this more attention, but we also have to make sure that we have the right a team in place in order to kind of give that attention while also keeping our eyes on the ball. So these are the you know the important discussions that one has in measuring performance, establishing goals, and then saying, okay, in, you know, in uh, in uh, twenty minutes or less, tell me where the hell I am and what do I have to fix here and how are we doing? And that's I think part of the the goal. Yeah, and I think you know the interesting component to this that probably those in the audience don't know or, or or don't have a reference point for yet is that when you start um you know when you start building a group even if it's three or four or five locations it's still small enough to kind of you know have control in some way over over most everything or you can you can touch a lot of it even if you're not in those individual locations when you start getting into certainly double digit locations those are different animals they're they're much more dynamic businesses that have greater needs and they can they can vary from one location to the next like you mentioned but when you develop sound a sound operating model and you have the financial controls and predictive scoring in place then you develop confidence in the growth strategy of the business and what you find is that there are a lot of people that hit i don't know four or five or six locations and they decide to 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 sell the business because it gets to be a little bit unwieldy or or it outgrows their ability to control it and then when you kind of phase through this call it 5 to 10 location number you develop a lot of confidence around your control provisions and the fact that you have some track record of of performance and to a degree success and it gives you the confidence to go from 10 to 20 to 30 locations, maybe not in rapid fashion, but as fast as you want, because it, you can kind of wash, rinse, repeat, and you have your structures set that once you start building on successes, success becomes a little bit easier to generate. And I think that's kind of a, a cool inflection point um, in the growth of a lot of businesses, or at least the ones that we see that that kind of create the the platform characteristics. And obviously, the other thing is that if you're going to go full blown centralization, and you are going to to develop a call center and and really um, maximize the ROI out of your investment, you start dropping a lot more. Uh, in terms of both uh, cash flow and profit to the bottom line, so let, let's let's talk a little bit about that kind of profit versus cash flow versus income, maybe at a high level. Because after all, if, if people are going to undertake this, they want to understand some of the the uh, key metrics involved and the way to interpret some of this. But they also want to know that they're creating a more valuable organization in doing so. 
Yeah. So actually, you know, you touched on something before I get into that next level of dialogue, Perrin. I think you touched on something that I I think is critically important for people to uh, internalize when making that kind of decision. Um, so when you when you go on the uh, the path of making a commitment to uh, starting to centralize your operations and start to build a C-suite team of of individuals that are going to help you get there, um, or a call center. Thing, there are some things you're going to have to accept. One is that your cash flow is going to go down. <laughs> I mean, that's that's a fact. Um, you know, as you're building that team, uh, you know, you're going to have, you know, because at some level, maybe you were operating at the upper ends of the margin within your practice. You had this cash flow. You were bastardizing things in order to get through the day. And, you know, we're able to kind of work through it. You were working a lot of hours and, you know, you're able to do things maybe that, you know, you weren't able to, you know, get to in terms of employment of somebody. And I know you're going to talk about, you know, at the conference, the whole aspect of recruitment, you know, from a, from a internal point of view, not necessarily from, you know, a, a, a clinical point of view, but you'll go, your, your cash flow is going to go down. Um, and, and be, but you have to have that commitment of what's well, going to go down. I shouldn't say it's going to go down permanently. It's going to go down temporarily until kind of like, you know, star Wars until you get to the other side. Right where you've now built a team, it's not all about you, where not every decision, and that's part of a you know a shift also for a for a CEO. And I call you all CEOs because that's what you are. You're you know you're the visionary and operator, primary operator of the of the enterprise, right? Um, um, so you have to. Um, that's a Star Trek, I guess, uh, sidebar, right? The enterprise, but I didn't even think of that. I'm not even a sci-fi guy. <laughs> but anyway, my point is that. You know, if you're going to make that commitment to get to the, you know, the larger enterprise where you're going to get a higher multiple of EBITDA, that's the other aspect. Why am I doing this, right? One is maybe you you've had enough. You have this vision that hey, I really see this. You know, our our business model is really going to be super successful. And if all if I if only I had the following things within my team, I can really get it from five to twenty locations and time, of course. And so yes, you're going to make this investment, and that's what it is in terms of building that team so that you can get there. And the ultimate payoff should be the following, a better quality of life, we hope. So you're not not every decision is dependent upon you. If you go down or you want to go get, and go on vacation, your team will be able to manage that. And that ultimately upon exit, you will be able to get a much higher multiple for your um, for your enterprise. And again, again that's the, the, the critical element. So you're going to be going through, you know, maybe some rough orders in terms of an impact of your cash flow. And then as you build critical mass, a the you know, you're not just gonna be, you know, wasting money on on people or call centers or things like that. At some point, that's gonna justify itself in terms of the cost. Well, why did I do this? At the end of the day, there has to be a justification, not just quality of life, but it paid for itself, right? The return on investment ultimately paid for itself and enabled you to scale and grow to the next level. With that being said, um, you know, to to get to your question, Perrin, was Okay, so what does somebody do? You know, so your profits, are, you know, in terms of your operating profits, could still be what they are, but then you have to deal with on a cash flow side debt service to fund. Um, you know, let's say you're buying a whole bunch of equipment, even on the call center side, in terms of technology and things, um, and then making sure that you have a firm allocation of what those costs are, so you can, you know, manage your business well. Is the practice itself doing really well? And now I have these other 
cost centers that I have to keep track of because it a, impacts my ultimate bottom line. Um, you know, if it's not depreciable items, it's, you know, expenses, but I want to make sure I have a good accounting of what those things are so I can measure them. And then from the call center point of view is like, okay, so is that going to be uh, driving more patients? Are we, you know, improving our patient flow in our, uh, and, you know, more people showing up, our uh, attendance rate, all these things that we're, you know, we, we're we doing that, you know, we want to establish a call center because we want to establish better operating systems in place, better continuity, less canceled appointments, more patients, right? So these are the kinds of things that you're going to want to measure their effectiveness on in terms of making sure that they it made sense. Um, the other thing that I would say that you should be, you know, thinking about, um, and this would be something that, you know, I would do with my clients is, hey, gee, Steve, I'm thinking of putting in a call center. Does it pay for itself? Well, tell me about how many patients we're talking about and what is it costing us now, um, you know, or using an outside service. And what's the tipping point where if we bring it in-house, is it worth the headache where we'll actually see a vision where it's actually going to make money for us? So kind of going through those what-if scenarios and determining whether it actually makes sense, right? It may not make sense at a certain point in time. It sounds good, but it may not be. And you know, even like, you know, just to kind of segue into something else, but I, you may want to talk more about it, parent. Um, but just the thing that I get a lot of times is people get calls from people, hey, I want to launch a DSO. <laughs> well, why? Well, gee, everyone says I should do it. Well, you know, let's talk about maybe some of the reasons why you'd want to do that. And that could be something that we can cover, you know, you know, when we're together, you know, is a DSO structure right for me? Yeah, I, you know, I think uh, the, the acronym uh, DSO is uh, thrown around in this industry uh, very loosely, and and it means different things to different people. Uh, and I think it's probably one of the most misused terms or or um, uh, inaccurately applied terms that that we face. Uh, and and really getting clarity around what that acronym means to the to the person who voices it and what their intent. To intentions are behind it is critically important. Steve, this is going to be um, a great presentation. I, I think this is going to be a, a really fun event, and it's going to be very educational top to bottom. But I think your component of it and what you're going to share with the audience in uh, uh, in Florida in May is uh, is going to be something that we haven't seen uh, on the stage before. And, and I'm really thrilled that uh, you're going to be there with us to to share your knowledge. I mean, I know, I know what you do because you work with so many of our clients. So, like, I see it and I know the journey they're on. So it's it's easy for me to connect the dots. But for those that are sitting in the audience and and they haven't been down the journey before and and they don't know what to expect, this is a really critical component to get right if they're going to have the confidence to take it for the long haul. So I think it's going to be a fun presentation. I think it's going to be very valuable. I can't thank you enough for joining me on the podcast today and certainly being such a great friend and partner of ours and sharing your knowledge in May. So looking forward to having you, my friend. Well, thank you, Perrin. I really appreciate the kind words. It means so much to me. And I, I'll just leave it with this. Like a great day for us is where we give our clients advice that really impact their lives. And, and, and that's, you know, that's what makes it all worth it to us. And you guys have, you know, you operate, you know, the same way. And that's why we love working with you. So thank you again. And I'm really excited. I hope the listeners come and I really look forward to meeting them all. Well, it's, uh, uh, it's going to be a, a unique conference. Um, we took a 
we took a risk. We took a swing on this one. And judging from the initial responses, I think we probably hit the mark on it. So once again, everybody, uh, building your enterprise platform, May, 12th, May 10th through 12th, that's a Wednesday through Friday, in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Registration is open. Uh, it's already, uh, as of this recording at least, we're already about 25% of the way full and we haven't really even been talking about it for that long. So we certainly expect this event to, to um, sell out. And we hope that if you are um, in the process of building a group and you're either curious what it's going to take to get it from, say, five to 20 locations, or if you know that you're committed to taking it from five to 10 to 20 locations, this is going to be a conference that's uh, uh, directly oriented toward what your needs are. I hope you'll join us there. We look forward to seeing you. Steve and everybody else will be there for all three days and be uh, accessible for everybody. It's going to be a lot of fun. Thanks so much for joining us on the show. We'll see you on the next episode.